Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Today is, say it with me, today is Friday! Um, February 4th. I knew that. Why did I look? I knew what it was. But look, anyway. Um, yeah, chilly here in Santa Fe this morning. We were in the negative digits when we woke up, but uh, my, our outdoor thermometer is showing 10 degrees now, but the sun's shining on it. Everything here is about sunshine. Uh, people are, tend to be confused that it's cold in New Mexico, but we are high altitude. Uh, my house is at about 6,800 6, feet and we get snow and we have mountains and um, it's not all hot desert. Quite a lot of New Mexico, northern New Mexico is um, like foothills and mountains. It's always surprising to me that people don't know that. But of course there are people who also think that it's Mexico. So there you have it. Ah, so happy that it's Friday. Um, I ended up not going to the dinner last night. I wasn't feeling great. I was feeling a little rundown and headachey. And, you know, in this new world, <laughs> it's like, well, if I feel not wonderful, if I feel ever so slightly sick, like my glands felt a little sore. And I thought, well, I don't want to give COVID to George R. R. Martin. <laughs> so I stayed home. Also, it was really cold out. And I was, um, you know, I've become a wimp. I've become a deliberate wimp. Um, after living in Wyoming for 20 years, when we forged through all kinds of terrible weather, uh, when we dealt with, um, you know, drove through whiteouts on black ice, um, everything. I mean, basically living where we, especially where we did in Wyoming, but I think it's true of a lot of Wyoming. You know, if you let the winter weather stop you, it's going to stop you from doing anything at all. You know, you go out like two or three months of the year. So, you know, you get really tough about it, but it's not fun. Dave and I often talk about the uh, sort of the Wyoming, what's, I want to say aesthetic, and that's the wrong word. Um, credo? Manifesto? Value? More? Maybe it's a more of this, um, of being tough, you know, like you're very tough and you put up with all of the, um, difficulties of the weather and not having some things, not having conveniences. And it's a, it's a measure of character that you um, put up with all of this stuff. And, and people kind of compete with each other for like how terrible something is. It's like, Oh, you know, they're like, Oh, I just came up this road with black ice and it was a whiteout and I couldn't see, I, I was having to drive by the delineator posts, which are the posts along the side of the road, you know, that have the little reflectors on them. Um, I have driven by the delineator posts more than once because you can't see the edge of the road or the line on the road. So you're marking, you're hoping you don't go off the road in between delineator posts. That's why they're there. 
you know, so, oh, I had to drive by Delineator Post to get there. And someone else would be like, oh, well, that's nothing. I had to go over Togedy Pass and, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's, um, it's a weird kind of competition for who's overcoming the most difficulty. So when we moved to Santa Fe, it was just a, almost an indescribable relief to live somewhere that was not so harsh, uh, where the ground, you know, like even if it's 50 degrees here and 50 degrees in Laramie, Wyoming, it's a totally different 50 degrees because the ground stays warmer here. And all of our houseplants started growing larger. <laughs> I mean, it's just, um, just amazing. But we have snow occasionally, but rarely enough that like when it is really bitter weather, which, you know, last night there was a wind chill advisory out. I don't think they ever give, maybe they do, maybe they do now, but like in Wyoming, they didn't give wind chill advisories because you were just going to tough it out. But, you know, like here they give a, a wind chill advisory and it's like, why go out? Why leave my house if I don't have to? I don't want to. So funny, funny stuff. So let's see. Um, so yesterday, yeah, I don't know what was my deal yesterday. Um, I did not get my 3000 words reader. There was much wailing and gnashing of teeth. I got 578 words. Although I did see somebody else proposing a challenge saying, um, who wants to, you know, try to get at least 500 words today. And I, and it made me feel better because I thought, well, at least I already got 500 words. So I got, um, it was a very slow first hour of writing, 530 words. And then the second hour I got 48 words. And I admit I did start dorking around because I just, um, either the manuscript is pushing back or I was tired or both. Um, but anyway, I, I hit something of a wall. I'm at 86,000 words. I'm guessing this manuscript is going to be 106,000. So <clears throat> I'm going to see what happens today. I'm going to poke at it. I am at a penultimate climactic scene. Obviously, if I'm at 86,000 words, I've still got, and I'm expecting 106,000. We can do that math, right? About 20,000 words to go. And I just have to have it done by February 18th. So my cheerleaders are all like, you can do this. You've got this. I do need some time to revise it. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of at my climactic action scene and uh, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how they're going to do the thing they need to do. I kind of know what happens after this. Um, I've got an idea for a number of things that will resolve after this. And even Dorinda was saying, you know, it's too bad you don't write out of order. And, and I said, you know, I was even considering that. I was feeling stuck enough that I was considering maybe I will skip this scene, get to the outcome, write the rest of it, and then come back and figure out how they get to the outcome. But I think I'd have to rewrite it. I think I'd end up rewriting too much of it because too much changes as I write, you know, and like the emotional arcs changes. That's, that's one reason why I don't write ahead because it just, um, it doesn't blend later. So I'm thinking hard about that. And I think I, 
I don't know. It feels like, um, I don't know, is this interesting? It's probably not interesting to watch me sit here and gaze off into space, but I've sort of been um, doing this for about the past, not quite 24 hours, but 22 hours, um, mulling over this. Some, there's something that needs to happen in this scene. And, and I may be overthinking because I feel like it needs to be more actiony, you know, like yesterday, and I'm sorry, I didn't talk to about it till the end of the podcast, but I find it very interesting. Watch, I've completed the first season of The Expanse, which adapts about the first half of Leviathan Wakes. I always have to make sure to put my S on the right part. I don't know why I want it to be Leviathan's Wake. Does not mean the same thing. Maybe Leviathan's Wake should have been like the last book, but Ty and Daniel didn't ask me. And it would have confused everybody. It's a terrible idea, Jackie. Um, In the Wake of the Leviathan will be my next book. <laughs> um, the Leviathan is not asleep. Okay, so, so yeah, I I guess I'm feeling, I'm really noting the ways in which the Expanse series amped up the action and the tension, um, making things much more one thing after another. And I know some of that is the visual medium because, and, and people say, oh, it's such an exciting show. And I'm not someone who normally looks for excitement. Um, but, oh, by the way, I, you know, it's, I'm, I'm almost certain I'm right about season one ending halfway through Leviathan Wakes. They did take in some stuff from later books in the series. Like I was reading this in the trivia anyway. Um, IMDB trivia is my friend. So they took some stuff and characters from the second season and added them in, uh, to, because it was like context that was only revealed in internal monologue and good for them. They did not resort to the much loathed voiceover. I really do not like the voiceover as a uh, solution. I'm not sure anyone does. Sometimes I suppose it can be done well, but for the most part, it's like, and then I wrote, you know, Urs was thinking this. I don't know. It was, it was neat to see the visualization of stuff that occurred only in internal monologue, like um, Holden's family. And I do like the uh, addition of Ama of the ambassador. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what her, I don't remember what her title is, but it does give that perspective of Earth. And I think it does um, help connect people to give them a frame of reference since we are currently Earthbound as a species. So, but I, I know that where season one ended was, I noted that it was midpoint in the book as I was reading, because I thought it was an interesting choice for midpoint. That's the author brain. Doesn't uh, quite kick off. Actually, I almost always notice midpoint of the book. I notice where the first 25% is, what they've put as the climax and what stakes they've set by then. And then I notice the midpoint. Those are the two things that no matter how, caught up I am. I always notice that part. Um, and it's always interesting to me when neither one is notable. I was like, oh. but Leviathan wakes midpoint was like, okay, this is turning point in the story. 
I know that they also worked with Melinda Snodgrass, who is really great at eight scene, three act structure and does plot breaks according to it. So uh, she's going to have a little session for us in a couple of weeks, and I'm very interested to learn from her. So, yeah, I guess I'm I'm thinking because I feel like this needs to be a more actiony scene than I'm making it because I always I don't know why I always try to make things be maybe it's because of who I am as a person, you know. It's like I always try to um, I always do the Taoist approach, you know, the what you know, asking myself what am I really trying to win here, uh, but in fiction there is a real stake and something that they're trying to win. And I think I know need to, I know what needs to happen. It's just funny. You know, you would think that it's like, okay, I think it needs to be boom, 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 fight, 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 action, action. This is what I need to write. And then when I try to write it, it just goes, no. <laughs> uh, you think I could just make myself type the words. But for some reason, it just doesn't work that way. I guess maybe because spinning the story is more than typing words. There's a take home message for you. You guys can, uh, that can be my tagline. So anyway, um, yeah. So I'm teaching the workshop tomorrow. I mentioned that yesterday. There is a link to register in the show notes. Um, Transcript is working, so I'll do that. I noticed that um, on my free trial of this pro version of it, that there's like things I can do. There's like an intro and outro, or I could do like dramatic piano or drums. Oh, it doesn't let me do it while I'm recording. (laughs) Or I could do the ballpark, the drums, not funny. Um, I feel like this is not on brand for me. Could do dramatic piano. <laughs> so anyway, um, maybe who knows if I do the pro version, maybe I will actually become more pro. The transcript is probably worth it, right? Twenty dollars a month. Yeah. Uh, but 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 so um forging on right when i go back and revise i tighten up the tension too i i tend to add in more conflict and more ticking clocks so i don't know if i'll talk about that in the workshop tomorrow we'll be live streamed a couple people will be there um live on site but otherwise it will be live streamed i will try to answer questions it's kind of funny because I do have a talk planned, but then Twig, the Beastly Books manager, um, he's so funny. I could tell you like what he texted me. I mean, I'm just there for like, it's an hour long talk, right? And then half an hour for questions and stuff just in case. And um, he says, I'd love to hear about your process, examples, who you read for information, for inspiration, how you got started, etc. These are simply suggestions and I fully trust your expertise on how you want it to flow. And it's like, well, I can talk about all of that stuff, but it's actually not the topic of the workshop. <laughs> I could spend a long time talking about all of those things. 
so anyway, um, I will try to start out with that frame of talking about how you weave romance into SFF. And then if you have questions out there, um, you can let me know ahead of time. I'll see if I can incorporate it along with Twig's long list of things. And um, yeah, yeah, should be fun. I have a very busy day tomorrow. I have like wall to wall meetings tomorrow culminating in this workshop. So um, I will attempt to be full of percutude. And, and we'll see how I do on moving this book forward. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Do I have anything else to report to you guys? I think I don't. Um, I can tell you that uh, things are looking up for Grace and her husband. He should be discharged from the hospital today. And they have a plan going forward. So the, the worst crisis is over at this point. Cross our fingers. Grace is very hopeful that this will not happen again. I'm hoping that for her too, because um, she needs to get some sleep and write her books, not necessarily, you know, in that order. Uh, so if you listen to this, Grace Darling, we are all thinking of you. You know that because I've been talking to her, but uh, other people are as well. So, and wishing the best to Mr. Drayton. So, um, so yeah, I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. I hope it is both restful and productive in whatever proportion you need that to be. And I will talk to you all on Monday. You all take care. Bye-bye.